following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to episode 53 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. Um, welcome, everyone, to a very a very different episode this week. Um, normally, when I record YAO, it's with either my brother or Steve or we get some kind of other fun guest on here and... It's a place to kind of decompress and get comfortable and kind of escape life uh, for, you know, the hour or two hours that we do this each week. This week, unfortunately, reality and current events have kind of peaked through um, to the point where it does need to be addressed on this show and I do feel it needs to be addressed in some way. And I don't know what kind of a voice I can provide um, on top of the many, many others that have been very loud and vocal and beautiful in the past days. Um, But I started this show as a platform to highlight Buffalo and the local areas and the wonderful people within Buffalo and how good of a city this is. And unfortunately on Saturday we had an event so massive in a sense that it's taken a toll on the entire community. And this being a community show, it does need to be brought to light. Um, on May 14th, um, a gunman who I won't even give the pleasure of naming because I feel like that's what he wanted at this point is to live forever and become synonymous with this horrible, horrible act. Um, but a gunman who will name or remain unnamed for this episode um, went to a local Tops Friendly Market, so a supermarket in the western New York area. Um, he was heavily armed. He drove in from three hours away from Binghamton, New York, to this area he specifically targeted, um, which is very urban and has a higher concentration of African-American individuals. Um, And he brought automatic weapons into this tops and opened fire, injured 13 people and killed 10. (laughs) This is not... (laughs) It feels so strange to say that out loud. It feels so, so, so strange to say that out loud because you never picture this sort of thing happening in your community or your hometown and imagine because of the normalcy of life and how common everything feels that something so abnormal could never, never happen in your safe haven. And then it does And even not being entirely connected to it, it has no choice but to take some sort of toll on your everyday life, on your daily life, on your routines. Um, 
I uh, Saturday we had recorded our episode um, for last week. We recorded 52. I went home. I was doing some things. I fell asleep for a little bit um, just to take a quick nap, and I woke up to a text from a friend of mine saying, hey, are are you good? What's going on at the tops over there? I had no idea of the incident at the time or how enormous it was. And, you know, early reports, you don't know what to believe um, until things are confirmed. And then once the worst sets in, I don't know when the reality of it sits in because I don't know if it still has. It's something that seems like it would only be out of a movie. It's something that seems so unrealistic and so bizarre that someone could have so much hate in their heart that they could go out of their way to plan and carry out such a terrible, terrible, terrible act. So Saturday, you know, kind of talk about it with people here and there. I can't believe this. I can't believe that, right? Still not hitting. Sunday, it still really didn't stick with me throughout the day. I, you know, it was all anybody really talked about and... But it still didn't set in. Um, And then Monday morning when I was driving to work, it all felt so separate. Even though it was right on the east side of Buffalo, it felt so separate at first, just in proximity to where I live. And because if you're not there, it doesn't feel real. And then driving to the east side where I work every day, you felt it almost more and more as you got into the neighborhood. You felt just the discomfort and the heartbreak and the fear within people. And that started to really set in. It started to set in that in the city I love, in the city I've grown up in and care about so, so much, and I truly think is the city of good neighbors as we advertise. It starts to set in that this happened here and you just don't know what to make of it. You really don't. So driving to work Monday, my head was all over the place. And then I come in and I start seeing my kids and I realize this could have been one of their families. This could have been them. Some of the some of them, this is their neighborhood. They know people here. They know people who were affected by this. And then it becomes a little more real. Not to mention, and I need to do some research into this too, but the aftermath that we didn't expect with all these, almost like it seems like copycats now, There's like copycats out there and people also making threats that feel empowered from some horrible person killing 10 people in cold blood. And they feel empowered by that and think not that it's funny or but they think they can make realistic threats and add more fear and it works. The fear isn't the worst thing. It's the panic. That comes into it because people are so out of their comfort zone because 
something that seems so unrealistic has happened and now nothing feels safe anymore. This was the grocery store. Somewhere people frequent once a week. At least. At least once a week. So now nothing almost feels safe. And getting through work, you know, uh, all of a sudden people are hearing that all of a sudden there are active shooters, this place, this place, this place, that place, this place. And now it almost seems like we're normalizing these things happening because this one very unrealistic thing happened in our hometown. And now it feels like the normal. And it's just devastating. It's absolutely horrible. I look back at, you know, how much I've talked about, you know, comic book movies and even the Batman recently on this. And some of those things I take enjoyment in because it feels so unrealistic to me that these villains can exist, that people this hateful can exist. And now it almost takes out some enjoyment and adds some fear as to could this happen? No one expects a psychopath to walk into a supermarket like that and do that. But it did. No one expects anything like that ever. It's almost 10 years ago now um, in late July. I took... Both my younger brothers, my younger brother Ben, who you're familiar with, and if you've heard, been a long-term listener, my brother John, who you know as well, Steve, uh, the cheese man, Texas Dave, who used to be on this show, and I uh, have had kind of a falling out with since everything, my friend Tom, um, we went to go see uh, The Dark Knight Rises in theaters at midnight. It was a back-to-back-to-back feature. They showed... Batman Begins, then Dark Knight, then Dark Knight Rises. I know it sounds like I'm getting nerdy, but I promise I'm getting somewhere with this. Great time. Didn't think anything of it, right? Just enjoyed everything like that. Then the next day you hear about some psychopath in Aurora, Colorado, who shot up a movie theater, killed, I believe, eight people, claiming that he was the Joker. And you hear that, and it it seems so crazy and so abnormal, and that nothing like that could ever, ever happen again. And it feels so horrible at the time. And then you had Sandy Hook later that year. Elementary school children lost their lives in that. The unthinkable all of a sudden got worse within that. And you have the Boston Marathon bombing a couple months later. And countless more and more and more shootings and innocent people lost and just violence and hate. And it's only gotten progressively worse within the last 10 years. Every time this happens, we're like, this has to be the last one, right? That's, that's how we feel every time this has to be the last time this happens. No one could possibly do this again. This has to be it. And it's talked about for a few weeks and we debate back and forth on what we should do about it. And then it gets dropped until the next thing happens. 
When is it going to end? When are we going to stop being so hateful to each other? Ten people lost their lives on Saturday. That should never have been in that situation in the first place. A racist, evil psychopath drove three hours to a tops he had probably never been to before, targeting African-American people, shot 10 of them in cold blood, had every opportunity to turn around and make things right, go home, not act on everything. But here we are. Doesn't seem to have any remorse. Live streamed it. That's that's the sickest thing anybody could possibly do. Had a whole manifesto. Had people behind him cheering him on. We need to stop acting like this doesn't exist. We need to stop pretending that everything is such a utopia. In Avatar, they use the phrase, there is no war in Ba Sing Se. To try and keep Ba Sing Se a safe place for people, even though it was crumbling around them and they shouldn't have ignored it. We need to stop saying there's no war in Ba Sing Se. We need to do something about it. (laughs) It doesn't, I keep saying it, it doesn't feel real that I'm even talking about this. The fact that I even had to get a text from my dad the other day. Hey, just making sure you're home. Just in case, in the off chance I was on the east side that day. I wasn't. Probably wouldn't have been in any normal situation. But the fact that people even have these thoughts now. The fact that people are going to sleep at night right now knowing they lost a loved one in a situation that should never have been an issue. It's heartbreaking. And everybody knows somebody in this community. Everybody knows everybody. If you're in Buffalo, you could attest to the fact that they have the six degrees of separation. It's two in Buffalo. People know people. Everybody knows everybody. People are affected by this. These members of our community were important. They mattered. They're average, ordinary people that will now be remembered for the worst reasons. The most heartbreaking reasons. These are the most special 10 people I've ever highlighted on this show. Remember these names. Don't remember them as 10 victims. Remember them as individuals. Please, that is the one thing I beg you out of this. Put faces, put names to those faces, I should say. Put names to the faces and get to know (laughs) these real people that were a part of our community if you're from Buffalo. If you're a part of the world, they're a part of our community too. We are each pieces of this puzzle. These 10 were also pieces. Roberta Drury was 32 from Syracuse. 
She was in Buffalo spending time with family and to help her brother recover from a bone marrow transplant. She leaves behind three siblings and her parents. Celestine Chanet, 65, was a breast cancer survivor with seven grandkids. To survive only to live on for something more horrible to happen. It's heartbreaking. Hayward Patterson, a deacon at his church, would frequently give people rides to and from the top supermarket and help them carry their groceries. Andre McNeil, a beloved father, brother, uncle, and friend. According to his brother, he was at top supermarket to buy a birthday cake for his son who had just turned three. Left a son without his father. Left a church without their deacon. Left people without someone they care for and someone to love them. Catherine Massey, 72, was an advocate for civil rights and education in her community. Massey had gone to Tops to do some grocery shopping. Cat wrote for both the Buffalo Challenger and the Buffalo Criterion. A year ago, she wrote in support of more federal regulation of firearms. <laughs> God, that irony is just so staggering. We scream, do something over and over again, and people won't. Geraldine Chapman. Geraldine Chapman Talley, 62, was described by her niece as a gentle soul. She loved everybody. She was always smiling. She didn't like confrontation. She wanted everything to be easy and full of love. That's the best message we can preach. Geraldine leaves behind her two adult children. Margus Morrison, 52, was a father of three and described by family and friends as a nice person that never bothered anybody. These are people that were just living their lives, doing absolutely nothing wrong. Pearl Young, 77, was a mother, grandmother, and a key member of her church. For 25 years, she fed those in need in the city's Central Park neighborhood. Andre Salter Jr. was identified by his son, Aaron Salter III, as a beloved um, Tops Friendly Markets security guard and former Buffalo cop who tried to stop the shooter. Aaron Salter, who joined the Buffalo Police Department right out of high school, leaves behind three children. God bless Aaron Salter Jr. for being the first line of defense. For running towards the danger instead of away from it because that takes a strong person. And in those situations, sometimes, I don't know if I would be that person, but he was. Ruth Whitfield, 86. Her son, the former Buffalo Fire Commissioner said she was on her way from visiting her husband in a nursing home and stopped at the store to get something to eat. These people weren't criminals. These people didn't do anything wrong. These people were living their lives. Going to the grocery store 
and was killed specifically for the color of their skin. There's no two ways about it. They were killed because somebody hated them for a prejudice prejudice they shouldn't have had in the first place. And because someone had hate in their heart, either hate for themselves or hate for others based on God knows what, they decided to commit one of the worst acts Buffalo has ever seen. And the worst part of it, the worst part of all this for me isn't even the shooting itself. It's two things. It's the fact, one, that Buffalo is getting national attention for the worst reasons, once again. Every time we're in the news, it seems like it's something bad for some reason in the national media. And two, for the next few months, we need to sit back and listen to people debate whether what this man did was right or wrong, even though he murdered 10 people in cold blood. That is the worst part of this, my friends. It's the absolute worst part of this, is that we even have to question whether murdering 10 people in cold blood is right or wrong, or whether there was a reason for it. When did we stop relying on common sense? That's a clear wrong there. There's a clear wrong in every major shooting that has gone on or every major act of violence. That is guilt. There's no reasoning behind that. It's sick. And it needs to be punished. For the people listening that are a part of the Buffalo community, first of all, I love you very much. And I can only imagine what you're going through because even separated from it, I'm sick to my stomach. These past four days, I've been sick to my stomach over this. But secondly, I beg of you this. If anything is going to come out of this, I beg you, let it be this. Do not politicize this issue, first of all. Politicize it if you must, if that's how you may, it makes you feel better. But getting political, being an activist for certain things is great. But being like, it's this thing's fault because of this. It's this thing's fault that putting the blame on things like that doesn't do anything. It's whether it's party or gun control or anything. Throw that out the window for right now because we don't need that. That's not the need we have in our community right now. Don't politicize it. Don't panic. I know it's hard. Do not panic. Life is going to get back to normal or some form of normalcy, and you will see. This is something that will hurt, but we will heal, heal from. A scar is visible, but it doesn't hurt. There's no pain with it. What I ask is this. We are the city of good neighbors. 
prove it. Be there for each other as a community. We as a community need to unite within hate. Hate and blame and fear and anger won't solve a single thing. We need to unite. We need to support our black brothers and sisters. We need to support our poorer communities. We need to support anybody who feels discriminated against or unloved. We need to educate the people who discriminate and help them see at least a common ground. But the only way we are going to rebuild as a city is through love, is through community and patience. We're going to need a lot of that. So please, march if you need to march. Help out at a church. Help out locally in food pantries and in any business that needs it bad at this time. This is what we need. We need to unite with this. If you are in Buffalo or outside of Buffalo and you are looking to help for 22 charitable organizations that support the black community that you can donate to right now. We have Black Love Resist in the Rust, Home Space, Showing Up for Racial Justice in Buffalo, New York, Push Buffalo, Western New York Peace Center, the YWCA of Western New York, the African American Food Co-op, or the African Heritage Food Co-op, I'm sorry, the Buffalo Go Green, Inc., Open Buffalo, the Fruit Belt Community Land Trust, Project Mona's House, Rooted in Love Incorporated, Durham's Baby Cafe, the African American Cultural Center, the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo, Feed Buffalo, the National Federation for Just Communities, the Mocha Center, the Love Supreme School for Music and Pappy Martin Legacy Jazz Collective, Calming Nature Dua, the Dula, I'm sorry, International Child uh, Advancement, Inc., Buffalo Community Fridges. If you visit their pages, you can learn more about them. If you'd like to go and donate to the Buffalo Community Fridge right now, Um, You could donate through their Instagram at Buffalo Community Fridge. I pray. Do not let some psychopath who wanted just this win. Take the time you all need to heal. Take the time you need to sort out whatever you need to sort out. Be there to love friends, family, children, anyone in your community who needs it. Be there to educate hate. We need to work together. Hate isn't going to drive out hate. Love will always win. The golden rule is and forever will be, treat others how you would like to be treated. I really never, I never want to do an episode like this again.
because it's sad and I don't want to do it. And this is, I'm sure this has been kind of uncomfortable to listen to, but it's something that absolutely needed to be addressed and there's no, there's no way around it. There's no way around it. And around this time, it's you get ready to hear a bunch of all lives matter, all lives matter, all lives matter in in pushback to Black Lives Matter. And to that you say, yes, all lives do matter. All lives absolutely do matter. Which is why we need to focus on our black brothers and sisters getting the treatment and the love they deserve because they are not being treated as if all their lives matter. This proves that there are still racial tensions everywhere you go. And people are still judging people by the color of their skin in 2022. Here's a tip for you. Don't judge someone based on race, gender, nationality, anything. Black, white, Asian, transgender, man, woman, non-binary, gay, straight, lesbian, anything. (laughs) Judge somebody by the content of their heart. I have friends of all races, sexes, nationalities, creeds, whatever you want to call it, gender identities, everything. That doesn't bother me. Assholes bother me. Pieces of shit bother me. People who hate and are unkind to other people and are bullies bother me that's what we need to judge on so in conclusion one buffalo we love buffalo we're all united in this do not let hate win love can only win against hate so I love the city of buffalo I pray for everybody who is affected in that. I pray that those families, but us as a city, also get the justice that we deserve for this poison being injected into us over the weekend. So with that being said, I love the city of Buffalo. I love my neighbors. I love all of you listening. We will be better. We will be stronger. We will recover from this. I love every single one of you. Black lives fucking matter. I'll see you guys next week.